You're listening to the Revenue Growth Architects podcast by CS2. Wait, 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 what? Where did, where did Forward Thinking Podcast go? Well, don't change the dial just yet. This is the CS2 team. I have Charlie joining us today. We are making some changes around our content that we wanted to talk to you about. So Charlie, let us let the audience know what's going on. Well, Forward Thinking has been around I'm trying to, I should have probably checked this beforehand, but maybe two, two and a half years now. And it's been great. It's been a really high leverage activity for us at CS2. We've got a lot of value out of it. We've put out a lot of great information and nothing's going to change really from that respect, but we just needed to optimize the name. And we've been thinking a lot about how we're going to really build on what we've built so far and think about what are we going to do for the next few years or, or longer. So, um, if you've probably heard, there's a podcast that we did around revenue growth architecture. We've been talking about that in different ways across a lot of our content and our growth framework. And really, um, if you haven't seen that podcast, revenue growth architecture is all the components of go-to-market design, revenue analytics, and operations that companies need to care about, really to optimize their customer experience, get insights to make data-driven decision, decisions, drive efficiencies, and then grow revenue. So, um, so with that being said, and with this new framework that we're working within, it's a lot more than just like marketing ops specifically, RevOps specifically, title-based content. It's a bigger picture. And we wanted to make sure that as this is evolving, as our space is evolving, as we're really thinking about the best way to provide, you know, this service as our company internally, but also as, as, um, you know, our audience and people listening to this, how you can provide value to your company when you're working in-house and you're building revenue growth architecture. We wanted to make sure um, our content aligned to that. And forward thinking, cool, catchy name, but like, you know, doesn't really say what, what it does, right? So um, we're going to be rolling this out. The podcast is going to be the Revenue Growth Architects podcast. And then the other thing that we wanted to really call out here is that under this umbrella of podcasts, we're going to have different series. So the main podcast is going to be the Revenue Growth Architects podcast that Xander's going to host, and he's going to talk about it in a second. I'm going to be hosting another series. Chrissy, once she's back from maternity leave, is going to be hosting a different series. And then we're going to be introducing other content forms like a YouTube, different dedicated YouTube content as opposed to just repurposed YouTube content. Um, and more. So we're really excited about this change. We hope you like it too. And I'll kind of pass it back to Xander so you can talk about your specific stream within all of this umbrella. And then we can come back to the, the topic at hand. Absolutely. Um, so I will continue to be a weekly host uh, with the Revenue Growth Architects podcast. We are going to be covering all of the core components of the Revenue Growth Architecture. We have been talking about this over the past couple of months, and we will continue to do so. Um, with a real intent on helping you develop RGA within your organization and also how to develop your career in MOPS and RevOps. So we're going to be talking about things like life cycles, lead, product, account-based, attribution, career advice, go-to-market strategies, ABM, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
what we really want to do is bring practical tips. So that will be both in the podcast and maybe bringing along more visuals um, as we've been doing with a few of the podcasts recently that may be great to tune in on YouTube. Um, we'll be bringing back interviews and talking through case studies as we work on these with our clients and, and other organizations and a lot more. In addition to that, um, AI has been super buzzy lately. Um, there's really? a lot of information that's been flying around. Some of it's good, some of it's bad, and some of it that can be really, really groundbreaking. Charlie has been diving into this topic headfirst, bringing a lot of unique uh, use cases to the team. And you're going to be joining us today to talk about that. AI as it relates to the revenue growth architecture, as well as talking about a new video series. So do you want to jump into that, Charlie? Definitely. Yeah. So the the series is going to be called Revenue Growth AI. Um, and actually, I'll, I'll kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent. So the other day, I don't know if people saw, you may have Dave Gerhardt posted a, a LinkedIn post about something in his community that someone has asked, say, my CEO is really into ChatGPT, is trying to get people to use it, like, what do I do? And it was kind of like, the, the, the point of the question was kind of like they were being reluctant to use it. Um, and, I, and I get that. I think over the years, there's been so many buzzy, like really frothy trends where like everyone just like piles all in um, and then it doesn't really like live up to the hype. Um, but, and I know, you know, every time there's that, every time there is something like that, everyone's like, but this time it's different. This time it's going to live up to the hype. But I actually think this time is different personally. Um, so I've been diving into this head first. Um, honestly, it's probably been way too much on my mind. I'm like going to bed thinking about use cases and trying to think about it, trying to learn everything I can. Um, so, and I think really, um, the perspective that I'm coming from is that, you know, I'm not an expert in AI. Um, I've got kind of a, a layman's understanding of how all of this works. But what I am an expert in, what I've been doing for my whole career is marketing and revenue operations. Um, and I've been running, especially now the last eight years, running CS2, a marketing and revenue operations agency, building revenue growth architecture. And I can just see so many ways that AI could transform what we're doing, both from like a CS2 company point of view and how we're delivering our services, but also what can be done like for our clients. And then by default, obviously, if we're doing it for our clients, you can do it internally without us. So you could build build on these use cases. Um, so I think, you know, we're seeing a lot, I'm seeing so many of these high leverage use cases and really practical ways. And I just really wanted to share that. Um, and honestly, probably my team's getting annoyed with me just like telling them all about this <laughs> so much. So I needed just more people to <laughs> to talk to about this and more channels to to get my thoughts out there because um, I really think this has a power to change. Um, and and the other thing as well, like obviously with all these buzzy topics that I talked about, other ones. Um, I mean, AI has been pretty buzzy for years. I remember, you know, years ago, companies were talking about like AI lead scoring, stuff like that. And those tools, although sometimes good, like I don't want to overly criticize, sometimes they didn't live up to the hype. So I think there's a lot of people who are skeptical, you know, is this really going to be better? Um, but like I said, you know, I think we have got to a point where it is actually better. And I'm going to be exploring all of those use cases 
once we once we get into this content. So I'm going to be going through like case studies. I'll be going through like real world things that we're testing at CS2, different use cases that I've been um, working with and ideas that I have. Um, a lot of it's going to be based in a video series. So I'll be re releasing YouTube videos so I can really show you like what we're building and how it's working and how it's been set up. Um, but then also coming on to the revenue growth architects podcast as a series revenue growth AI and doing dedicated podcasts just to get the message out there as well. So, um, so all that being said, you know, what are we, what are we talking about today? I don't know, Xander, if you kind of want to tee up this conversation and then we can dive into, yeah. dive into this chat. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, one of the, one of the things that I'm really excited about with the, with the series that you're doing is that a lot of the content that I'm consuming pertaining to this conversational AI is geared toward like marketers, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of content development. It's a lot of things there. So like really giving it the operations focus that you are, that you are giving it, I think is a, is a unique value that we're going to be able to bring to our audience so definitely i'm going to be recommending that everybody tune in for this i've been learning a lot um we've been sharing a lot of information and i think it's going to help people a great deal because at the end of the day we're all very busy and it's hard to dedicate time to just start thinking about this new innovative space so hopefully we will be able to offer you ways to kickstart your learning into this so that way you keep up but you know we've been pitching this a little bit Let's pitch it a little bit mm -hmm. more, right? When it comes down to to AI, why should any of us care? I think a lot of it I have I have just said, right? I think it's getting to a new level of usefulness um, with ChatGPT. The interface that you're able to communicate with this AI is super basic. Anyone can get in and test out different ideas that they have and get value out of it. In the past, maybe you had to be in the AI community, be a bit more te like technologically savvy to try and test out these models and figure out different use cases. But now it's kind of just out there for you to test. Um, so, I mean, it, that has just accelerated, right? People always talk about open AI and, and ChatGPT has been the fastest ever product uh, growth ever in history, you know, um, and already, you're seeing um, so many industries being like, I don't, I don't want to say like disrupted because I don't think it, you know, maybe it hasn't got there yet, but they've, they've been leveraging this technology and getting a huge amount of value out of it. I mean, I've been hearing doctors, you know, figuring out how to um, optimize their, when the patient's coming in with their symptoms, put the symptoms into a chat GPT, like powered model to be able to give them ideas on, what to recommend for their patients, lawyers and paralegals, like summarizing huge documents into much more easier chunks. And actually that's a use case that we've tried out at CS2, like clients all the time send us their um, consulting agreements. They're like 15 pages long. And obviously we're gonna read the whole thing, but I, I, you ask ChatGPT, okay, summarize this for me, call out anything that isn't usually in a consulting agreement, organize it all in a table, all of the key points. And that's like a much easier thing to consume. And then you can really make sure that you're understanding the agreement. Things like customer service, uh, where you're like communicating and chatting to someone or trying to just get information. And then even just as a productivity tool. So it's already like in the last beginning of this year, people are baking this into their workflow. Um, and I think, and 
one thing I did mention is developers. I think that's a huge use case. People are scared of it because there might be a lot of bad code out there because of this at this point. But um, already people are using it as like this co-pilot assistant helping them to, to develop code. And you're seeing a lot of the um, a lot of big companies making some big moves in that respect recently. Um, I heard a really good quote saying that, especially maybe now or in the near term, AI isn't going to steal your job but someone using AI will. And I 100% agree with that. So as a marketing and revenue ops professional, I really think we need to be um, taking this seriously um, and testing it out, trying to, and I can talk about what we should do soon, but trying to bake it into your workflow, just so you're kept up to speed with all of the developments because things are moving so fast. Like it's just wild to see, like since ChatGPT has come out, how many companies like, Salesforce, Zapier, HubSpot, like so many companies in our, even in our little world, you know, Adobe, all of these companies releasing, you know, AI powered technology within their core platform or about to. Yeah. So that's just even one thing that, and that's only just the, the specific use cases are going to be solved in those platforms that you need to, gonna, you need to keep up with. There's all of these other ways to improve the way that you're working and become more efficient, that if you're not doing it, someone else is. So we need to make sure that we're up to speed and keeping along and really keeping up with this ride because I feel like it's going to disrupt a lot of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Can you do me a favor, like just in case if somebody has not at all explored this, like if I wanted to understand this a little bit more, where would I go? What would I do? I would say, so um, first do a bit of research. So you can still use Google. I know some people are saying ChatGPT is <laughs> going to replace Google. Start Googling OpenAI, ChatGPT, listen to some podcasts. Um, the, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Lex Friedman podcast. He just interviewed Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, for like three hours. Super interesting podcast about like what they're doing. Um, maybe not as like practical as like some other things you'd be out there. I've subscribed to a lot of newsletters and um, reading a lot of specific content or YouTube videos. There's a really good channel that I like all about AI, which is a YouTube channel. There's like the rundown newsletter, prompt daily, lots of different places that you can just get this drip feeding of, of information to get um, caught up and make sure that you're really following the developments. Yeah. But then test it out. I think really for me, and I, I heard this actually on a, a a podcast yesterday everyone's going to have their like aha moment at different different times you know for me i had it super quick like i set up a chat gpt account especially since chat gpt4 came out um like i set up the account before and we were testing it a little bit cs2 some of the we, i think the use cases we were testing at the time weren't that good and i i kind of like was like ah oh, this is going to kind of interesting but then chat gpt4 came out and I started testing that and I was uh, I was blown away. So go to OpenAI's website, you can sign up for chat GPT, sign up for chat GPT. It's literally just like a chat bot and you can ask it anything you can imagine and it's gonna try and give you the best response. And I can, we can go through like some of the ways to ask it more interesting questions. I honestly think signing up for chat GPT-4 is worth it. It's like, I forget like 20 bucks a month or something. Okay. Um, I personally have seen much better, like a real advancement in um, 
chat GPT four compared to chat GPT three, 3.5. So I really think it's worth signing up for that. So you can just get access to the latest model. That's going to be even more useful. It's just not that expensive. So I'll pause there. I've got more, more thoughts, but I don't know, Xander, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice that you can jump into it. Chat GPT three is free. Um, I don't know if there's a if there's a waiting list anymore. Like we signed up for it a little bit early on, and I feel like after it kind of got the influx, I was hearing some of my some of my family members actually um, who are are interested in in learning more about it, saying that they had a little bit of a wait. So it's definitely something to keep in mind. And I also know that there's like a lot of paid for tools, so that's that's an interesting place to also just kind of learn about. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's going to be a lot of new introduction into our tech stack that is going to be leveraging this this type of technology, and everybody's going to be doing it slightly differently. So um, that's going to make a make a very very big difference for sure. And I like that. I mean, I don't think that AI is going to be taking away our jobs. It's going to change the way that we do our jobs, right? Right. Um, and yes, there probably is going to be a future where it gets to be so good that we are living in Skynet. But right now, it is a really great place to brainstorm and get started and kick off things. Um, a lot of the times, I, I, I was an actor, and I always found it more difficult for me to come up with something new than when I was directing, and I had somebody else who created something, and I, and I could iterate and improve upon it as a director. That just yeah. happened so much easier for me, and it kind of works the same way when I'm thinking through a post or trying to solve a problem, getting that started, and that's where I feel like OpenAI has been super useful for me. Definitely. Yeah, I think the, the point on getting access, so I think um, – it's called ChatGPT Plus, which basically gives you access to ChatGPT Four when you pay for it. A lot of sometimes because they're, you know, they're releasing this stuff and it's getting super popular. Sometimes they like throttle um, the ChatGPT Three, um, like even access to that. So like, but they don't do that when you've got ChatGPT Plus. So like, if too many people are accessing the free version and you're on Plus, you can still access Plus. So like. Sometimes, like now I use it so much, like if I tried to log in, it wouldn't let me in. It would slow start slowing me down, you know, because I'm like, damn, I need, I was like kind of hoping I'd use this for a specific thing. Um, the One of the things that's really interesting about this is that um, the way that you write your prompts is really important. Mm. So because it's natural language, you know, it's very ambiguous and open as to what you what you write and ask and ask the way that you ask is important like a lot of people talk about how giving the the giving a persona to act like so as a the beginning of your prompt so it knows kind of like what style to answer your prompt in especially like you're trying to say you know you're trying to help with maybe content generation or a revenue ops problem, like for a revenue ops problem, you would start it off saying, you know, you're a revenue operations expert that works for these type of companies, blah, 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 blah. That's going to help me do X, Y, Z. And then that would give a good beginning prompt. One of the kind of interesting, cool things that I've been experimenting with is, so if you go into, um, you know, chat GPT, basically you, you see your history of your past um, conversations. So I've got one, that I call prompt master. 
So basically I told it, the first thing I said is you are the best, you know, expert at creating prompts. <laughs> you will take anything that I put, any prompt that I put in here and turn it into the best prompt to make clearly explain to ChatGPT what I want. So now instead of trying to be research how to do a good prompt, I could be like, okay, I'm trying to get help with XYZ. I'll kind of write my kind of a little bit of a prompt. I paste it in there. It then gives me the perfect prompt and it, it will do things like, and, and then also I say, explain why, what you did to make this a better prompt. So like I would then put in my prompt, it will then kick back. This is a better way to explain this to me, basically. This is what I changed. A lot of times it's like changing words to have consistency. Like if you're asking something quite complicated in lots of different ways, and you maybe use like a different word to explain maybe the same kind of part of the thing that you're asking for, it will like standardize the terminology and like do different things and expand on the, the prompt. So um, they call it prompt engineering. They say it's going to be, you know, huge, it's, there's going to be people out there. I think there already are. They get getting paid a lot of money to be prompt engineers who understand how to talk to the AI the best way to be able to get what they, what they need. So I think this is an area that, people should really be researching. And I think you, Xander, shared something that I saw as well um, on GitHub, like Awesome Prompts or something. Awesome Prompts, GitHub. GitHub, yeah. Check that out. There's like, I don't know, 100 different prompts in there um, to give you ideas. Because I think the other thing is with this is you have to really think creatively. When everything first started getting buzzy, it was like, write a poem, you know, pretend you're Elon Musk and you know, tell me the weather or something. It's like, yeah, it's interesting, but actually like try and really think about ways that you could embed this in because there are so many things that, you know, we've all come up with some ideas, but there are so many things that you could be doing with this that you have to like kind of just think, I don't, I don't want to say think outside the box. I hate saying that, but you know what I mean? Like think in a different way Yeah. because it's not super clear that it could even do that. Um, so, That's why getting so, those prompts has been so useful for me because right. you kind of have to tap into a different part of your brain. Our brains are so engineered to do internet searches where I know exactly the words to say, you know, I used to have to put in a plus or a minus and that is what would get me through the algorithm. And now it's like you're talking to your buddy and your buddy can do almost anything for you. And yeah. it's almost hard to get your thought across so that prompt master must just be really useful to just here's what i've got and now you help me get that a little bit better yeah i learned that because i also signed up for mid journey which is basically a text to image ai which is amazing go sign up you need a discord but i never had a discord before that signed up for that got mid journey it's free it's just it's just amazing that's cool i i showed the team some of the pictures that i created with like dogs in armor with swords and (laughs) they were 100 percent amazing looking dogs in armor with swords and and it's completely unique images now the the high-tech cookies image that i saw on linkedin last night was quite interesting because that was uh those were not browser cookies i'll tell you that much (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, because I think the mid journey, because the the prompting there really needs to be like very descriptive, like you really get to see, like the more that you give it, like it it really picks up on the specifics of the image, like you're like, I want it to be at sunset with the sun at this angle and taken on this type of camera and this perspective and it's a landscape and 
it's in a field with a dog like all it's not just a dog and an armor right it's the whole thing yeah but like you can just write so i have like a mid-journey i took i got like a few mid-journey really good prompt examples i was like here's some good prompt examples every time i post something into this chat take the that formatting and the way that those prompts were created and then turn my new my prompt into a really good mid-journey prompt and then it creates you better images and that's one of the coolest things about chat gpt that i think i love is like you can you can like train it um in that specific chat and then optimize that over time so one of the use cases that we'll talk about later we do that with like content generation um but so just understanding like how you're how you're using how you can use this and how it works it just takes like trying to do it yeah you know and and at the beginning it might feel like it's slowing you down a bit because you're trying these things it's not really working you're asking more questions but over time you learn how to interact with this thing and you can um really get a lot of benefit out of it and then your brain if you're like me you wake up in the middle of the night at three o'clock in the morning and your brain's like i could use it for this i could use it for this i can use it <laughs> and you start losing a bit of sleep over it but you know it's definitely gonna i don't need that sleep anymore because i'm more productive right right exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> well, now you have somebody else to blame for for your lack of sleep, and not just two kids. But now it's ChatGPT that's keeping you up, exactly. So. Yeah, I know it's all coming at once. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that that's fantastic. Um, testing it is really important. I know that you you've walked through the process of like here's how I started, and then communicating with it to iteratively improve. Any recommendations that you might have there? Think of the conversation as a conversation where you're trying to get improvement as you go. Don't just think about it as like kind of like a Google search where you ask it and it gives you the response and that's it, right? Yeah. Think about it more like it's, you can really optimize it. So for example, um, one really cool use case, and actually you mentioned this with acting, right? You said that sometimes it's hard to like get that initial idea. Yeah. So I think there's like two really powerful things here. One is idea generation. It's really good. Like you, and I think people have talked about this use case a lot. You can say, you know, give me, I want to write a LinkedIn post on this topic. Give me like 50 different ideas, like different ideas. And it would, it would just give you all of the ideas. Some of them are going to be crap. Some of them are going to be good. Probably enough that are good that are going to be useful. Um, you could say, you know, I'm trying, like one, one thing I, I posted in is like I took, like a typical tech stack um, where for like a, like a client, like a hypothetical client of ours. Um, and I just posted all of the tech in, in and I said, you know, you're a, you know, revenue operations professional that optimizes tech stack, take this tech stack and give me ideas on how I should be thinking about this tech stack, optimizing it, different tools that I might be missing, different way, different, like, are there any tools that are overlapped, you know? And I put some like, purposeful overlaps and um and it honestly it, it was even saying like i think i had like a, a, a sales engagement tool within another tool that had sales engagement capabilities and it was like well you could like choose one or the other if you're only using this for like sales engagement and stuff so like and it gave me like, all of these ideas but then you can keep on asking follow-up questions like why did you like ask it why like why did you come up with that idea and then it'd be like well i came up with this idea because of blah 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 um what and give me some you know quotes like one thing that i was 
that you can ask it um if there's something that you know there's going to be a lot of content maybe in books or article or something like that that's very public you can uh, say okay i want you to give me ideas on this but then where you drew that idea from give me a quote from like a research paper or a book that's like related to this and then it could like give you those quotes and then kind of give you its sources of where it got this inspiration from but then to your points so like that's on, on the idea generation like so many ways like you can keep digging in digging in digging in giving it feedback you could even say i don't like any of those ideas because of this reason change it based on this and then it'll give you a whole load of new ideas um with dif- different um with based on your feedback now what i really one other way i really like it is kind of the alternative which is when you've got an idea I think actually this might even be a more powerful use case. Like you've got an idea and you want to test it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's called like the rating bot. So first off, um, you would you would give it a prompt like, okay, so say you're in revenue ops, but you're trying to maybe, I don't know, write content. This is it's a good example, just to write content. So you say, every time I post a bit of content in here, your revenue operations, you know, copywriting expert, that's going to rate this content on a scale of one to five. Uh, for its ability to like be an innovative thought, you know, coming up with, you know, good ideas, explained well, blah, blah, blah. And then give give me the rating of one to five. And then also explain to me how you could get it to a five. So then you would put your idea in there and it would go, okay, this is a 3.5. This is the this is why I think it's a 3.5. And this is some like different ways to think about this to like challenge your ideas. Or you could get like a, uh, devil's advocate bot like take my post and tell me everything that's wrong about this post and and like so i think some people are worried about this tool creating just like commodity content that's just like pulled from just all of the bland sources on the internet and just everything's just basic but i think that they're missing missing the point where it's a bet don't just say write me a blog post and revenue ops then just post that right that's stupid yeah, you can use it to generate ideas. You then still come up with the content, then get it to rate your content based on the different ways you'd want it to rate it. Give you ideas on things you're not thinking of, things that you would never think of, you know. And then you can optimize what you're doing based on that. And I think you know having that feedback is super useful um, to really challenge your ideas and make sure that you're really thinking about it. And maybe it, you're right and it's wrong. But having someone, someone, <laughs> personifying it already, <laughs> having it <laughs> um, kind of give you that starting point is just a very powerful way. So that's just some way to think about how you're like continuing the conversation and you're learning about his capabilities, not just getting like a response and taking it for gospel. Yeah. And and you had mentioned earlier of of other iterations of ai and i think one of the reasons why people are hesitant to take ai is because they don't understand why it delivered a specific result right i think about predictive scoring if mm-hmm. i can't explain that predictive scoring model to the sales rep who's receiving the lead who thinks that it's a poor lead and i can't give the reason why it makes my job harder right but in one of the examples that you're going to be sharing in the future, like you can actually have it give you reasons and mm-hmm. it's going to make it so much better. Or if you're asking those questions, why did you, why did you get me that response? Like it's no longer a black box and that's totally. what it's always felt like in the past. And one of the reasons why I know I've been a little more hesitant to it. Um, and you know, 
it is what it is. Like you're still going to have to trust it for those reasons, but at least you have those reasons and you are still a professional and you still have experience that then you can validate it with your real life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, 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 that was one of the big unlocks for me, right? Like getting, digging into like why it gave the answer, how to optimize whatever that output was with more prompts afterwards. It just, it just, I think it just kind of blows out of the water some of the criticism around it being, it not being able to create like novel ideas or not be able to help you create novel ideas or everything is just going to be like cookie cutter basic because I think you need what, once you start to realize how to kind of customize this, you're still in charge, right? You're still prompting it. You're still using your creativity to prompt it and then ultimately taking whatever the output is and customizing that too. But if like, if you are, you know, and maybe we can move on. One of the topics sure. we're going to talk about is kind of warnings and, and risks. If you are just taking the output, especially for content, right? I, I agree with everyone that's saying, if you just put in, write me a revenue ops post on why revenue ops is, you know, whatever, blah, it will do it. It will be pretty basic, nothing really that interesting. Um, but if you're instead saying, you know, here are my top five um, LinkedIn posts on this topic, you're coming with like a really unique perspective idea that, you, that you've come up with. Give me some ways to think about this. Give me some bullet points. Like this is another thing kind of prompt um, Support, like kind of ideas like you can tell it's like format things in certain ways like give me a table of like all of the things you want to think about rate them from a scale of like one to five on like what's important for me to think about with this idea and then like maybe a quote from someone that had a alternative opinion and it will do that right and then you can go okay okay my idea now i'm like thinking about this differently you know and i'm 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 it's like a research assistant in that way helping you just like formulate thoughts and ideas but yes, one of the big risks is if you're just putting it out as it comes, that's going to be probably crappy content. I think there's concerns even about the legality of that and, and who really owns that content, um, if you even own that and if someone could just copy that from you. So I think that just making sure that you're going the extra mile with it protects you from that specific risk. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, you want it to still be you. Um, right. no matter how good it is at, at replicating your voice, your voice is yours. And, you know, if you're posting something on LinkedIn, great to get started, make sure that it's still you. Um, otherwise, right. otherwise at the end of the day, like one of the things that you and I were joking about earlier was like, we pinged chat GPT to be like, are we still going to be able to think for ourselves in the future? <laughs> and like, you know, chat GPT actually gave a pretty good response of like, you'll think differently, but you know, we still need to be ourselves. Um, yeah. And think about what content it, from for this is, we're talking specifically about content here. There's so many more use cases than content, but if we are on the content theme, if a CS2, we're going to be using it for like podcast descriptions, right? It's pretty standard. You don't need to be kind of like, it's not coming specifically from like my voice on LinkedIn. You know, you can give it, we basically just give it all of our show notes and just say, could we write a lot of notes before the podcast? Like we did it for this. And actually for this podcast, go look at the description. That one was probably going to be 80% written by 
chat GPT, and then we customized it. So something like that, where you just need a summary. Yeah. It's amazing, right? That's why, you know, Zoom's coming out with their chat GPT powered call summary um, features, which um, what I'm super interested in. Um, one of the cool features that they're going to come up with is that if you join a call late, you can ask, you can ask the chat GPT AI, what did I miss? And it'll summarize like what you missed before you joined the call. Wow. Um, and then you can kind of catch up without interrupting everyone on the call. So cool, cool stuff like that, like summarization. And then, you know, one tip with that. So for the for our podcast description, we, we put in like our top five best podcast descriptions and say, yeah, you're a podcast description copywriter. Take these five, learn from these, use this style, tone of voice, format, because it has like a paragraph with bullet points and stuff. And then every time I post show notes in here, give me a podcast description. And this is another nice little kind of like tip because you have all of your history. You can just go back to that tab in your history in ChatGPT. All you need to do is post your show notes in there and it knows like, because it has kind of the understanding of the whole thread and then it will post the show notes in there. And then, oh, sorry, it'll post you back the a description. And then you can even say, actually, I don't like how you said this, say it differently or whatever, and then kind of optimize it that way. So I think for something like that, it's probably okay to be a bit more reliant on on an AI to do it because it's not, you know, personal content. Well, if it's your own LinkedIn post, your own blog, something like that, it's a bit more, I, I would say don't rely on it as much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about, what about PII? I mean, you know, the work that we do, we have a lot of private information. So um, the one thing to be considered of is the chat, as of today of this podcast, the chat GPT chat, application so like the bit that I'm, a lot of what we're talking about here um my understanding is that it does keep that data and it may use that to optimize the the model in the future however they changed it i think relatively recently for their api um you could it they would delete the data after 30 days and not use it in its models so that's why you know i'm sure there's a lot of security work going on behind the scenes because there's huge companies integrating into their their model um but i would be careful like not going into chat gpt the application and just being like you know here's all my customer list you know <laughs> uh give me something and like, who should be my next customer like that might not be a good move at this point so a great do your use own case, research on that but uh maybe don't do it yet <laughs> or if you really want to do it use the api I do think that there is also a opt out functionality. Um, I, I was trying to do some okay. research, but my keyboard's not working for me right now, which is okay. Um, so that is definitely something that if that is the case, we'll make sure to include a link to in the uh, show notes. So that way you have access to that. Because um, I know I was looking at that specifically when we were chatting internally uh, around around that capability because you know there's a lot of stuff that can be considered private that you may not even be thinking of um right. so so just have security and data privacy front of mind like we always do as uh mops and RevOps folks so, yeah if, if you're not happy with it kind of like ending up on a public website don't do in the it. future <laughs> maybe think twice um and be, be a bit careful. So don't give it your deepest, darkest secrets and ask it what you should do. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, just 
tread carefully. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I know that one of the other pieces is just utilizing it to generate code. If you don't know, um, if you're not a developer and you say, hey, I mean, ChatGPT can do a lot of amazing things. We have some use cases ourselves that we've done, but you want to make sure that you are still looking at this from an expert's eye, right? Totally. If you don't know Soquel and you ask it to do something, it may provide you a response, but it may not be 100% accurate. And that's where, you know, still engaging with a expert in that a developer something like that is key but it can help you in iterative ways um totally so yeah i mean i think that it might be helpful to maybe give some some high level examples of how we've used this um and i know that your video series will likely go into this in greater detail well let's piggyback on the example you just gave there developing code because i think it is a really powerful one and i know that um a lot of developers already have been leveraging ChatGPT or other AI-based tools to help them code. And there's a lot of kind of controversy around it and just debate. I definitely have seen, you know, cases of what is can be considered like what people talk about, like hallucinations where, um, and maybe actually this isn't the best example for hallucinations, but what hallucinations are is like, it's always going to answer you super confidently that it's right. <laughs> I've never really heard, seen it go like, I don't know, unless it's something, one other thing to call out is it doesn't have access today. It doesn't have access to the internet unless you have, I think they're releasing a plugin with, that will have access to the latest internet or if you use Bing, which is integrated into ChatGPT. But um, if you're just using the normal, like, you know, free version, it's not going to have access to the internet. So if you ask it like, you know, who's the president or whatever like it or who is or what's happening what happened yesterday it's not going to know but a lot of times when you ask it something like okay code me this or give me tell me this thing factual thing even if it's like slightly wrong it's going to sound like it's really right so that's where bringing your own expertise is and having a critical eye is super important and it will do that with code, right? So like I used it to help me write a cookie tracking script for our CST website as a test to see if it could like write how, okay, take UTM data, put it into cookies. Um, you know, that's pretty simple. It did that really well. Then I helped, then I kind of kept on asking it, okay, now I want to track if someone comes from Twitter, but maybe they don't have UTM. So I'm using like the referring information once they arrive on the website and then categorizing that as UTMs in this cookie data. And it kind of did that. And now, and then you added like all the other non-UTM based traffic, you add um, cookie expiration, session, um, like session expiration, et cetera. And, you, and we do have a functioning cookie tracking on our website with a few hiccups along the way. The cool thing is if you have an error um, or an issue, just post that into the chat and you'll be like, oh, okay, I see that issue. Let's change it like this. <laughs> so like, it's really good at troubleshooting. Um, uh, and so keep trying, keep trying. But like you said, Xander, I mean, if you don't know, and I'm not a coder, um, but I've seen a lot of UTM tracking codes enough to know like if this was done okay. Plus it's on our CS2 website and I'm okay with it. Like maybe, you know, having some hiccups along the way so yeah. if it's something super important beware make sure that you have someone expert 
to review it because not only could it either be it could be wrong it could be right but maybe not the most effective way to write that yes. script or that code so that's important too and 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 that effectiveness and efficiency could cause damage in your tech stack so if you are doing something and it has like a broken loop or you know anything like that it could be detrimental so just take it with take it with uh, responsibility but it's a great place to be able to start and and you know kind of get another team member that much further along yeah plus you know if you're using it to write apex what are you doing just use flow just use flow let's be real (laughs) but what you can do is get it to explain the apex right so if you don't know apex and you want to know what's happening copy and paste the apex in there and say explain this to me and it will do a really good job of that yes that's one use case super powerful I, i like that one so one that i am really into right now um, and I've got an example. This is going to be a video on YouTube is predictive lead scoring with some kind of like machine learning mm-hmm. capabilities in it. So basically what I did, uh, and you could do this, you could integrate this in different ways, but um, I u- just used R, a, a Salesforce sandbox. I used Zapier. You ha- there is a ChatGPT Zap. So, and obviously there's a Salesforce one too. So you kind of have all of the tools that you need. Um, and within the, basically the way that I got it to work is when a new lead comes in and this is in a sandbox this too, we're not doing this pub, like in our develop, in our production yet, but lead comes in, it will send not the personal information, even though we are using the API in this case, but just like company name, industry, some of the, like the enriched information. And then I have a, within the prompt, I say, you know, you are a lead scoring engine for this type of company. We're selling this product. And here is our, in, you know, natural language, I'm saying here is our personas, our ICP, um, important things to consider in the scoring algorithm, blah, blah, blah. I want you to give me an output of a score and then three bullet points on why you gave that score. (laughs) I then use Zapier to carve that up using the Zapier formatting function, um, which is kind of like text to columns function, and then put that into different fields and then sync that back to Salesforce. So when a new lead comes in and it works surprisingly well, and I've only put a few hours into this, it will send that information, run through the Zap, and in Salesforce, I have two fields, one for score, one for score reason, and the score reason has three points in there, and it will be like, you know, you, in our, um, in the prompt, I say that we want to be able to sell to like senior people. So I'll put like a CRO in there and we're only sending to tech companies of Microsoft or whatever. And it will come back with like a really high score. This is a tech company. This, the senior decision maker at this company is, you know, obviously going to have a weight on this purchasing decision and blah, blah, blah. I put like an intern at Microsoft and it'll give a score of like 30, 30. It's like, okay, well, the company is good. But, you know, they're an intern, so they probably don't have um, a, you know, a, a purchasing, they're not going to help on the purchasing decision. So I, what I love about it is that it took me a few hours to do it. Um, I could just write what I want, super easy. You're not having to go into Marketo and build like 100 smart campaigns and stuff like that, just thinking about every data point. So that's awesome, kind of the speed of execution. Another really cool thing is that, especially for larger companies, um, you don't actually need enrichment because I could just put a lead in, you know, intern at 
Microsoft and it knows that Microsoft is a tech company. Yeah. So, so I could in the prompt, I say, if you do not have industry company size, blah, 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 research the company, understand the missing information and then use that into the, in the scoring. So it doesn't work for maybe smaller companies that it hasn't heard of, or maybe newer companies, especially because ChatGPT doesn't have access to the internet, current internet, but it works really well for bigger, bigger companies. Like I put Salesforce in there, a new Salesforce tech company, or, and I put some smaller companies in there, like mid-sized companies, and it still did a really good job. Nice. Um, so again, you, d you don't need enrichment. So you're, and I'm not saying you need to just pivot to this and don't do any of that other <laughs> stuff. I feel that stuff's really important, but maybe one day, right? You don't need super easy to set up enrichment and then you have like you said it's not a black box it's giving its reasoning for sales so you don't have to set up something in marketo or hubspot saying like if they have an industry tell sales like this content like write this statement or whatever it's just coming up with that statement itself and it's like surprisingly good um and then the last thing i'll say that i love is that it will um you can feed it back information on what it's done and it can learn from that. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about like, okay, have a, if any, if they recycle disqualified, have a status reason of, you know, AI made a mistake or something, feed that back, that then syncs back to the conversation because you can add it to the conversation history. And then say, every time you get this message back, use that information in that record to then further optimize your scoring. So say like, it accidentally scored like a marketing manager too high. You could, it would then come back. You would say, may I made a mistake. And now it knows like, okay, marketing managers don't have enough influence over the purchasing decision. You know, whatever. that might be a bad example, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. learning based on that. And then also I have ideas about how, you know, start taking, you know, maybe what, if you're confident of the security, start taking your customer list, start taking conversion rates for, different groups and like feeding that into the model, kind of like what a lot of the other lead scoring models do, AI based ones, but you're being able to do it yourself. Um, and then I even have other ideas where you have a Slack channel where a salesperson can send like a, a, um, uh, a lead that they're researching or a lead they just got and like talk to the bot about like how good of a fit that might be or why did you like ask further questions about why it scored that specific person like that? Um, so, so many ways that you can have some super interesting use cases around scoring that just make it quicker, potentially more effective um, and could disrupt the, the companies that are building these tools for you yeah. and charging a lot of money, right? Because you can kind of do it, do it yourself. Um, super interesting. So cool. So cool. So Charlie, you said that, that you're going to be, really stepping us through how this is built and and giving examples right yeah where yeah. where are we gonna yeah. be able to find that content on the revenue growth um architects youtube channel i'll have a series on there for um all of these different use cases and specifics and i can give you high level i know i went into a lot of detail on that one because i think it's super cool but a couple of the other videos i'll be doing um, I mentioned kind of the, the prompting use case for like our podcast descriptions. I'll do that. I'll do one on kind of the developing the, the script for our website. And then the last use case that I'll kind of give a very TLDR on is documentation. I think one of the hardest parts about documentation is getting it started and yes. starting it early. So then you can have it done. 
So again, I set it up with Zapier. You don't have to use Zapier, but an integration where you can send a Slack message to ChatGPT to populate a Google Doc in a certain format with information that not only came from that Slack message, but other requirements gathering things that it thinks that you should be focusing on based on that message. So then you have a starting point to build out that documentation for that specific project. And all you have to do is just you know press a button in Slack and then you have this starting point documentation for that. So I'll, I'll go through that one as well. I imagine something like that. You could combine your, here's your tech stack. Now it becomes a very personalized recommendation mm -hmm. based upon the capabilities of that tech stack. 100%. Yeah, so that's cool. a great idea. So cool. Um, and I've seen that in action and it is really neat. Again, it's not to then deliver this to your stakeholders and say, here's the requirements, but there may be some requirements that you didn't think of. And there may be some requirements that, you know, chat GPT didn't think of, um, but it's going to get you started Starting so fast. Totally. It's like a superpower to, to get things done quick. Yeah. It's not a superpower to not do anything. <laughs> oh, I love that right? quote. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Chat GPT, please repeat that quote. Uh, it's not yet in Alexa, so I can't say it, but uh, she definitely heard me right there. So thank you very much, Charlie. Uh, I'm so excited about this. Uh, you, you know, you had mentioned like you have a different light bulb moment. And mine was relatively recently within the last couple of weeks where all of a sudden it was just it clicked on you can use this in so many ways. And it felt to me less of a buzzword and more of an application that I'm actually going to be able to utilize and change. Totally. And just like we had with automation, automation didn't get rid of your jobs. It just changed how your jobs took place. I think it's going to be the same way. AI is not here to necessarily take away the jobs. It's just here and it's going to change the way that we do our jobs. So it's important for all of us to be up on it. Um, and we are here to help you along the way. With the revenue growth totally. architects, I agree with that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the new podcast renamed. I'm excited. It's going to be really good. So good, Charlie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we are at the end of our time, so I wanted to give the audience an opportunity. If you enjoyed this, please do let us know by providing a review. Um, if you have any feedback, you know, reach out to us on LinkedIn. Both Charlie and I are very active out there and we want to learn about how you want to use AI, what your concerns may be. Um, and that may help us provide some very relevant content to you. So please engage. Or any with ideas. Us. Yeah. Yeah. Any ideas that you're testing, I'd love, love to hear them. And they will probably, once we start developing this, this specific series, both on the YouTube channel and um, on the podcast for the Revenue Growth AI, we'll be inviting people on to talk about their use cases. So really excited to kind of like figure this all out together and get everyone kind of thinking about it and seeing what we can do because it's only just getting started, right? This is yeah. the dumbest AI we're ever going to have and it's, you know, already pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> so let's see. <laughs> Let's go. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Charlie. And thank you for listening. We hope that you have a fantastic day.